0: This is episode 131 of Relate on Artists and Digital Wellness with Emma Sameth. We are spending more and more time in the online world looking through our screens and increasingly disconnected with those around us, but studies have proven that it's real life meaningful relationships that bring us the most joy and happiness. It's all about human connection and conversing with people from a variety of backgrounds. Worlds change when eyes meet. So let's sit down and relate. I am your host, Patrick McAndrew, and welcome to yet another episode of the Relate Podcast. We have an incredible guest joining us on today's show. If you are working in the arts and you are frustrated at how much you have to be on social media, how much you have to cultivate an online presence, this is the episode for you. We are talking with a woman by the name of Emma Samoth, and Emma is a musician, an artist, songwriter who is based in both Los Angeles and Portland, and she has established an impressive music career for herself, working with hundreds of fellow artists, both in the States and abroad. And her singing could also be found in the trailer of Paramount's feature film, Wonder Park, which is... An amazing rendition of a certain song, so be sure to check it out. And also, of course, all of her work can be on Spotify. But when working as a musician, she started to question her relationship to social media, her relationship to technology, and really Getting caught in this online feedback loop that is so often discussed with regards to the potential negative impacts that social media and technology have on our well-being. Emma has started to explore what it means to chase followers, popularity, and all of these things that come into the social media sphere. Because of her experiences as a musician, it has led her to found Tech Nutrition, which is a creative writing-based rebuttal to the incessant whisperings of big tech promising social salvation through statistics and follower counts. And through this new initiative, she is helping individuals really discover their own relationships with technology. And she's also coming out with a new initiative as well called Techniques, which is specifically helping her fellow musicians balance their lives with technology. So this is a really great episode. We talk about a lot of great things like cultivating online presence versus in-person presence, being compassionate with yourself, online identity, and the fact of it being so blurred The concept and the idea around fandom and why this can be so intoxicating. And we also talk about the idea of authenticity. And what does authenticity mean in the social media sphere? We're always hearing about how we need to be authentic. But is what we're posting online really our true authentic selves? If you like this episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts, let me know your thoughts, leave me a review. I would really appreciate to get your insight into this episode. It's a very timely topic, and I think it's going to resonate with a lot of you. So with all of that said, let me please introduce our guest for today's episode of Relate, Emma Sameth. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Relate Podcast. Today's guest is Emma Samith. Emma, thanks so much for being with us today.
1: Thank you for having me. I really look forward to talking with you.
0: I'm very excited for our conversation. You and I, we connected about two months ago or so, and we are very much in the same ballpark in a sense where. We are both artists who are really starting to think about this digital wellness space, the impact that technology is having on our lives, both with myself being an actor and then yourself being a singer-songwriter. And I think it's a very important topic of discussion to have because, especially in the day and age we're living in where we have to be promoting ourselves all the time, every day, it seems like, and have to have a very active social media presence. It's interesting to really kind of dissect, okay, well, what is real from what is fake? And also how much time should I be investing in kind of my self-promotion? How much time should I be investing in the creative process? So I'm very excited to dive into all of these big topics.
1: (laughs) Yes, they're very big, (laughs) but better to be doing it together. So that's, that's good for me.
0: Yes, absolutely. So for our listeners out there, I'm wondering if you could just start off by sharing a little bit about yourself, maybe your journey into the music industry. And then when you hit that realization about the impact that social media was having.
1: Yeah, sure. So I, my name is Emma Sameth. I am from Los Angeles, California, originally. And I Really got into music in 2016. It was kind of a secret, uh, a secret love of mine in, in high school. I didn't really tell my friends. And um, so it, it, it kind of became this sudden thing that I started doing in 2016 that I always knew I loved to do. And I love to be creative and collaborative. And, um, and I love singing. So it kind of made sense to try it. And I was able to try it because of. Tech and social media, and that's exactly where my journey started. As so many other artists as well, um, I was living at home in Pasadena, California, and I had my laptop, and I had a phone, and I had this like crappy microphone, <laughs> and I had my closet, and I would record music in my closet over tracks that I had been sent, that had been sent to me from people in. You know, India and Korea and people that I'd met through SoundCloud, actually, which is for those people that don't know. Oh, wow.
0: So so they, so they, these people, they would make tracks and then send them to you and then you would sing over them.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was amazing because I would reach out to people on the SoundCloud Messenger or they'd reach out to me and it was, I was just blasting people's. Message, you know, message boards because I was new and I had that that energy of a of a new up and coming artist and I really just was trying to work with anyone that I could and I would take any sort of collaborative um, experience that I could get my hands on and ended up meeting some really talented producers that, you know, to this day I still haven't met most of them <laughs> that I've worked with, um, but I was able to do that through the SoundCloud message boards and just kind of trust my intuitive artistic gut and say, oh, this this track sounds cool. I could probably write something over that. So I'd write um, at the time I was working a nine to five job, which if anyone is from LA, you know, traffic is terrible. So I would write, you know, I, I would be driving maybe two hours every day in the car and I would be wow. recording into my Into my phone safely, just, you know, I'll put that out there. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'd be recording uh, lyrics into voice memos on my phone as I would be stopped at traffic lights and stopped in traffic, which that is a lot of the time that you spend in the car in LA. You're stopped um, in traffic. So I was simultaneously working this job and being this you know, part-time singer songwriter in the car basically. And then I'd come home from work and then I would record in my closet with my crappy mic, which I love. I call it crappy, but it really started me on this journey. So I'm totally, totally has, has a special place in my heart. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of was wearing those two hats and with collaboration it's it's so funny because once you do one, it kind of opens this weird door to another, and you know I'm sure you understand this being an artist as well. You just kind of have to put yourself out there, and things, you know, hopefully, luckily, start happening. Um, and yeah, I just I just established a an online music community, and I had producers at my disposal f- from social media, from from SoundCloud, from Instagram. And that's why this conversation is so complicated because I couldn't have even imagined how I would have started without that. And I know I'm in the same boat as so many people. Um, so from that, I, let's see, I was putting out music and I ended up signing with a music publisher in LA. And that, that opened me up to like not the virtual writing sessions. Like I was actually going in and having um, sessions with artists in LA and I travel abroad and work with people. And so really technology and social media um, began that that journey for me. And I'm so grateful, so grateful for it. Cause I, I couldn't have imagined another way, a way forward as many other people probably wouldn't as well. Um, and I, I think the second part of your question was... When did I realize it? And that or realize that my relationship with tech and social media was um, becoming complicated. I would say uh, it's exactly the kind of the state of of what your what your podcast brings. I was noticing some shifts in my relationships, um, in my in person relationships, not my virtual ones. Um, my relationship with myself, my relationship with my co-writers, my relationship to music. So it it took a lot of different forms, but I was realizing that I was spending a lot more time cultivating my online presence than I was cultivating my in-person ones. And I love meeting people and I love being collaborative and that was the main reason that I got into me- into music in the first place and I just realized that I started looking at myself more as my statistics and as you know what I looked like online and if my brand was cool enough, and the music started to suffer. Like my love of it, and I think my ability to be able to see it as a long term thing. Um, And yeah, I because I was looking at myself as oh I have this many followers, I have this many you know likes and subscribers and views on my on my music I started to look at other people that same way I started to kind of regard my co-writers as people that could help bump up my social status and not as or my online social status and not as you know deep creative connections so to answer your question it you know technology and social media simultaneously helped me completely get this thing off the ground. But it was when it started affecting how I looked at myself and how I looked at other people, um, that was the moment that I was, I had to take a step back and, and kind of reassess my, what I was doing in my relationship with music and tech together.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting because I love what you said too, that so many artists, both you and myself included too, would be a lot less, I guess, further away from certain dreams or goals without the use of technology. I mean, look at us right now. We're on different ends of the country and we're able to have this conversation and record this podcast because of technology. And I think that both with podcasting, but then also with social media and other forms of technology. It's a great medium to be able to connect with new people like what you were saying, all those people that you connected with from abroad, all those producers and then those musicians who would write those tracks for you to sing over as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it it does become this interesting conversation. Or I think as technology and social media has evolved over time regarding okay what does our online presence mean in conjunction with our in person presence mm-hmm. and yeah i think it's i think a lot of people fall into the the trap that that you had mentioned where we start to value our own self-worth and also even sometimes the worth of others as well based on what their following is on instagram or mm-hmm. how many likes something they post to receive mm. it really is this uh, very it could end up as like a very dangerous spiral for yeah. sure
1: yeah i definitely i certainly experienced that
0: and i'm wondering so with where you're at now uh, how do you believe that artists can strike that balance using social media to yes promote our work while also not being overly consumed by it
1: yeah I'm figuring it out currently. <laughs> I mean, I I'm in a really unique position. So when I when I have these conversations with artists talking about tech and social media, um, I I'm in like I said, I'm in a unique position. I have actually um, really actively removed myself from the industry part of music industry for the past basically during during most of COVID. I mean, just by nature, I haven't been able to. To really work with people in person, but I I needed to really take a break um, to reassess my relationship with myself, with music, with my with technology, with my co-writers. Um, so I think in striking that balance, it completely starts with um, knowing that you have that agency to question it. Um, I think. You know, when I talk to artists, it's this conversation of this is really annoying that we have to do this, but there is literally no other way to exist in, in an artistic space without being completely accessible on it, you know, on Instagram and TikTok and without being completely just kind of indebted to these, to these apps. And I think um, just being able to reclaim that space is so important just to see how you feel Without it, because I was, I think, and it's so not easy. I mean, this is a really complicated, a really complicated ask because as you understand, I mean, the arts are such an exciting, invigorating, like you're, you know, you're collaborating all the time and you're inspired and you're coming up with all these ideas and it's really fast paced. And that is, to me, that doesn't seem very... You know, that doesn't seem harmonious with like, oh, I need to take a step back from this. Like, you, there's a very kind of like, I guess I would say, kind of sacrificial nature to artistry. Like, you know, you're chasing the make it all the time. And you're, at least for me, I was putting my well being on the back burner in a sense because I felt like, oh, I am doing all these annoying things now. I'm needing to post on this. But once I get big enough, then I'll be. I'll have some, you know, I'll hire someone to do it for me. And I think to strike that balance, we need to really like honor our well being throughout the process and keep checking in on ourselves and keep checking in on our intrinsic um, drive of why we're doing music. Um, so I'd say really taking the space first to question what that healthy usage means to you because it's so, I mean, I know it's so easy to just feel like you're stuck in a, In this loop of of um, just needing to be engaging all the time, and it's really really tough. So I'd say first start with the space, and then um, talk to others about how you're feeling. I think that was a really pivotal moment for me finding things like the Digital Wellness Collective and you and other people that are having these conversations and knowing that other people are struggling with it kind of creates really like a wealth of agency in and of itself. Um, so, you know, I, as I said, I'm, I'm really still, I'm still working on how to do it. Cause I, I did take myself out of it for a while. Um, I haven't really been posting not, you know, not really releasing stuff, but that time is really crucial. So I would say, start with that, um, and, and go from there.
0: Yeah. I think that it, it's so important to be able to take that time for ourselves, especially as artists. And there was something that you were, you had said that made me think about how, oh, to like always check in with yourself as to why you want to be a musician, why you want to be an actor, why you want to be a painter, why you want to be a poet, mm-hmm. why you want to be pursuing a specific art. Because I think nowadays With social media and just how it's structured, especially Instagram, where, you know, you have these followers and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have artists who have thousands, who have millions of followers, and there's this race to fame. And nowadays, there's this race to fame just, just for the sake of fame, just for the sake of being famous without really being known for your art. And I think it's interesting for a lot of artists to I I love what you were saying about how it's so important for artists to check in with themselves and remind themselves, OK, is this just to achieve some sort of fame and prestige or is it for the sake of creating something and creating art?
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think that it's it's so important to to remind ourselves of that. Because it is so easy nowadays to just go for the fame and to go for the followers and to go for the subscribers, especially Mm -hmm. as artists.
1: Yes. And to be like compassionate with ourselves because it is, and I I maybe I'm sure you understand this too, but it is so intoxicating. (laughs) Like there's no other word for it to feel like you're going viral and to feel like you're being seen by the world. Like there, I have never. Experienced a feeling like that before I remember. Um, You know, even just, you know, I I had a a song do really well on playlists and I just felt like this is, I I only tell this because it's like kind of embarrassing, but I just find it hilarious. Like I went out to the beach and I just looked at the ocean and I was like, my life is going to change like my life is going to like be this amazing thing now because I got on this one playlist and it really it kind of it it just makes you drunk in a sense and that's why like I said you have to be really compassionate about the state of of the artistry world because it is a really amazing feeling but you have to you have to like you said just keep cultivating that intrinsic intrinsic drive for it or else you're just going to get lost as I completely did in the numbers and the reactions. And it, it doesn't become, doesn't become yours anymore by, by nature. I mean, as an artist, we were supposed to share our work, but it really, it doesn't become yours in a sense that like, you just don't feel like, yeah, you, you don't have that, that at least for me, that kind of heart, um, intrinsic, uh, connection to it in the same way that you did. And, and it's really, it's a tough, really, really tough line to, to, to walk.
0: Right. Absolutely. And for, from what you're saying too, it, it makes me think about how, and I think this is the potential downside with social media is that because you're right. We we all we all want to be known and we all want to be known for our work and we want people to enjoy our work, to appreciate our work, and then therefore appreciate who we are as people for creating that work. Mm-hmm. And I think with social media, it's so easy to get caught into this feedback loop of the the likes and the comments. And I, I think it's interesting too what you're saying and makes so much sense that. Once you've created something and it's out there in the world and people are commenting on it, whether they they like it or they don't, in some mm-hmm. ways it it sort of doesn't feel like yours anymore. And I think sometimes a lot of people get just to use your phrase, get lost in that I think sometimes, and I I, I think this is the case like with a lot of celebrities, especially, where mm-hmm sometimes people try to take ownership of you and of the person you are and Mm -hmm. almost use you as like a pawn to better themselves Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's like a whole interesting discussion as well when you're you know when we talk about social media and really kind of expedites that whole process in a lot of ways
1: Mm -hmm. and the line to like, you know, we're talking about kind of having people perceive you in that way, like the line between your identity and your online identity is so blurred. So like, in that way, I think about how hard it must be for young people to feel like they have to brand themselves. <laughs> like, I laugh. Yes, yes. it's, it's like, what is your, and I'm not even just talking about in music, like, the feeling the need to consolidate your identity At any age, but you know, I think it's really important to 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 reference it in 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 young people, but to feel like you need to bubble yourself down to a an Instagram title, you know, like you know the little Instagram thing that's like name, and then this is what you say about yourself that encapsulates everything about you. And I always had such a hard time doing that, and I and I think I was really hard on myself, like, oh, Emma, why can't you just you know why aren't you more sure about your identity why aren't you more you know confident in who you are and i think that's totally asking the wrong question i think that the fact that we can't bubble ourselves down to that little instagram bio is like that is the the human part of it like we are so how how is it even possible to bubble yourself down to that and that's what people are right. being asked to do and that's what kids are being asked to do and and it really um it kind of traps you into this this weird identity dance of oh is this me is this is this going to come across as authentic and that's another thing i totally want to want to um bring up too it's like at least for me in the artist world authenticity was like the, the golden, you know, the, the the gold nugget, like you need to be authentic, you need to be yourself. And that's how people will be able to access you. That's how people will be able to feel your music and to appreciate you. And you'll get, at the end of the day, it's like, you'll get followers if you're authentic. And I sensed that Yes, like there there's a there's a part of it that's authenticity, but really it was asking us to be accessible. It wasn't asking us to be authentic. It was asking us to be accessible to the world 24/7, you know, putting our whole lives up on Instagram on stories and TikTok and um that's I understand why why that's asked of us, but authenticity and accessibility are two completely conflicting Things. I mean, how can you be authentic when you are putting your life up online and having these constant reactions and these constant kind of blips of data coming at you and affecting the way that you effectively see yourself? I mean, those things just seem so polar opposites, but both of them are being asked of us as artists and as just people. I mean, I'm really talking to the general population. Um, and i don't you know i don't know if you exp- i know we've talked a bit about how you know you felt pressured in in the the acting world to to show everything that you were doing and and that speaks one to just the our ability to be authentic but also like mental health wise that's that's a really tough ask um to feel like you always have to be on and and that's what's being asked of us and um again i think there's that like I said it again, but like that sacrificial nature of artistry, like chasing the make it, oh, I'll do it now, just so I can get big enough. And then I won't ever have to worry about it again. But I I really believe that that practice, that um, the way that you're identifying, the way that you look at yourself, I mean, that that really kind of ingrains in your mind. And I felt like I had totally become my my online identity. And it wasn't like, Oh I'm big enough I can just forget about it and never worry about it again like the more the more you do it the more you kind of get entrenched into that into that pattern um which I think is it can be really harmful.
0: Yeah. I think I'm right on board with what you're saying too about personal branding. I think that especially for younger people having to put themselves out there as a personal brand is it's such a weird concept when you really think about it because you think of a brand and you traditionally you'd think of like nike uh, like nike you know their brand and or like large corporations where it's like okay this is their brand but now we're living in this culture you know this influencer culture where everyone is really creating their own brand of who they are Mm. and it's it's such a weird thing though because you're absolutely right is that how much of that personal brand is really authentic as opposed to just being accessible like what you were saying and Mm -hmm. i know that that's something that i always really try like i really try to uh, i i guess separate things in my my social media platforms i think that i think that you and i had talked about this when we had spoken previously but like okay instagram's like for for professional purposes and then facebook is for more more personal but what i found is that like now professional people are uh, i guess everyone's professional to a certain degree but now like i'm getting friended by people who are in my professional network on facebook and then there's this there's this uh pressure to to use instagram in a very personal way and Mm -hmm. and like you said to show personal aspects of your life so that you seem more relatable and more accessible and more authentic (laughs) But every, everything that is on social media is staged. So yeah. it's like, even, even if you're walking around like your apartment or something being like, oh, okay, like, you know, this is what's going on in, in my life. And you could be like ad-libbing and kind of improvising as you're going along in the video, but it's mm-hmm. still something that you're making with the intention of other people seeing. And yeah. so- it's It really is oh this, this interesting balancing act of like figuring out, okay, yes, in my professional mindset, I'm like, okay, yes, it makes sense to have a personal brand, especially being an artist where you are pitching yourself essentially to other artistic individuals who might be higher up in the industry who could essentially make a decision for, about the impact of your future career so in that sense i do get personal branding Mm -hmm. but yeah when it when it comes to like personal lives
1: yeah
0: like i get i get the idea of of sharing your personable life to seem accessible but yeah taking a few steps back from that it's like okay Mm -hmm. well how how accessible is it truly or how authentic is it truly
1: yeah, and you you were talking something you mentioned like you know knowing that someone could see this or like knowing that oh you should be on this because this could be a potential uh route of you know possibility and I think that is that is what is really hard for the balance of it because we are constantly inundated with messages that oh this person became viral because they were on this platform just do that and you oh, will yeah. be You'll be famous, and you know, people become these sensations overnight. And there's models for it, so people people think that that is realistic for everyone. (laughs) And it's, of course, it's not for everyone. You know, not everyone's going to just put something up on on the internet and become famous. But that is the that is what is being encouraged. That is the narrative of like, just put your stuff out there, and you'll be. Um, you know, just be as accessible and as authentic and and engaging as possible, and you'll be you'll get famous. and that is so the narrative that is pushed to people because art, I mean, you know, anything could happen. It, it's so much it's about skill and but it's really about luck as well of kind of being in the right place at the right time. And those places are no longer, you know, clubs or open mics. like they are platforms, which means that you need to be, spreading yourself so thin and putting yourself on every single platform just in case there's potential for discovery here potential for discovery there and it gets even more complicated because you know there's always there's different apps that are coming out all the time so you're you're forced into this game of whack-a-mole of like oh I need to get you know I need to be on Instagram there that's done. Cultivate that. Oh, wait, now there's TikTok. I got to put my identity on that. Yeah. Oh, wait, now there's a competitor to TikTok. You know, it's like, it's, it's comedic, but it, it turns into this just dizzying experience of just of spreading yourself really, really thin, which, I, at least in my experience, when I tried to do that, I mean, my, my creativity suffered, my relationship suffered, my ability to sit in a room without feeling anxious about checking my phone and checking my stats like for the actual creative process that was really really affected as well. Um, so I think the the potential for virality everywhere is really again I'll use that word it's intoxicating um, but it creates it just it just creates um, a really like highly strong environment that I, I think is not in the long run really conducive to, um to like people enjoying the process or that that was I guess I can only speak from my experience, but that that was what I experienced with it. Um it just yeah. didn't feel sustainable. There, at there's all. been
0: just through what you're saying right now from our past conversation as well. And then also just looking at the work that you started doing too, I love when you talk about like the ideas of popularity and, and vanity metrics as they like essentially how Mm -hmm. these things influence us and the ways that we are act. And also the ways that we create obsessing over followers, things along these lines. Why do you, do you think that, that people are Mm -hmm. so intoxicated by it because is it simply because people want to be known and people want to have an audience for their work? Or do you think it's, I don't know, something more than that?
1: Oh, yeah, I think, I mean, I think social media has really, it's not like we, we've we never wanted to be known. I think that's, obviously, that's always been a natural inclination of being human. <laughs> like, I want to, you know, I want to be special. I want to be special. That's, yeah. that's a, that's everyone, <laughs> it seems like. Um, but, and that's not a bad thing. I, absolutely. I mean, that it's motivating, but um, social media has really tapped into that, that need to be, to be loved. But like, to it, for me, it felt like, it felt like an acceptance more than a love. Um, it felt less of like, oh, I feel so, um, you know, uh, what's the word? I feel so filled up with love from my followers like it didn't feel like that to me it felt um more like i had an anxiety about feeling accepted in the music industry and that quelled it for a little bit but it would always come back (laughs) it always because that's another thing that i want to talk about too it's like we're um i learned about this thing recently like reference reference points how we're really bad at um kind of putting realistic um comparison points in our minds so like if we see Beyonce on Instagram, we're going to be like, "Why don't I have a million <laughs> likes on that photo?" <laughs> it's like it's like ridiculous, but our brains are literally just not equipped with the right <laughs> or with a you know helpful enough gear to be able to be like, "No, don't compare yourself to that person." Like you're at a totally completely different part of your life. Um, so I think you know I think it it is people's desire to want to be heard, to want to be um, liked but for me it it felt like and that's that's why I think for me the fandom um, it was it was extra intoxicating because I, I was using it as kind of a crutch to hide other parts of myself that I didn't like about myself at the time like I think I was I had really neglected, a lot of aspects of my mental well-being at the time, and I think I used those reactions that love to um, kind of quell those anxieties about myself. And I think that is a, a really effective thing in the short term, um, but it it really creates it creates long term harm. And um, so I, you know, I'm still kind of figuring out why, but at least from my experience. I completely, you know, I wanted to be seen, I wanted to be loved in music, but it felt like it was more of a like a security blanket rather than like a flag I was waving. Like, oh, I'm so gr-. No, it, it was more of a um yeah, it was more just kind of to quell my my anxieties. At the time, which isn't fun because it's so awesome to have fans and to feel loved and seen, but if that in turn kind of translates into just something that becomes another anxiety, um, that's, that's complicated, you know, does that make sense to answer your question?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. And I think it's, it's for reasons like that, that, uh, I actually kind of go into why I created this podcast mm-hmm. is about, you know, the importance of creating really deep and meaningful, connections and relationships because i think that when we create work when we create a body of work or art and we have many adoring fans whether it's like 10 or whether it's 10,000 mm-hmm. i think that uh this is something that that motivates us it inspires us we want to create something else amazing for these people who adore our work mm. But I think it's also important to not rely on, on those people for, I guess, for, for deep and meaningful connections, mm-hmm. because they're only seeing, I guess, our curated selves through social media. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, okay, how, how much is authenticity present in, in the social media space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I would absolutely agree with you on that, that that with having a lot of fans and loving your fans, I think that, that there's a lot of value in that and something that's very important and can be an incredible asset for happiness in our lives. Mm-hmm. But it's important, as you mentioned, to not have that be like another anxiety that's that's weighing you down and i think that's a difficult thing for a lot of people i think that when you have someone who comments on a photo or comments on a a video and you you might have like 100 positive comments and then one negative comment and i think it's like human nature that everyone focuses on that one negative one and it's because we we end up giving so much weight to these people that yes maybe they have admired some of our past work but they don't really know who we are at the end of the day and and we don't really know them Mm -hmm. and so it's 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 definitely this interesting relationship and i think nowadays it is very a very common type of relationship on social media to you know have a relationship with your followers Mm. to have a relationship with your audience yeah and i think when speaking on a large scale i think that that makes sense to a certain degree but then it also changes what the word relationship means obviously your relationship with your fans Is going to be very different from your relationship to your mom, yeah. And I think it's just important to for us nowadays in this big, you know, digital age is to recognize that
1: difference. Completely, I could not agree (laughs) more. And in my experience, speaking to that, I like even. I wanted to feel connected to my fans. I wanted to feel connected to the people that were taking time out of their day to acknowledge me, you know, acknowledge my work and say that I helped them. Like that is an amazing feeling. Um, and I and I always felt bad and I always felt fake because, I mean, not in every instance, but a lot of the time it felt a little bit disingenuous because I saw them as fans, but I more saw them as. Oh they've reached out to me like I need to reach out to them and respond to them and make this connection to keep their eyeballs on my stuff. It wasn't a it wasn't a trusting, you know, fan artist relationship of like, oh, you'll like me even if I, you know, sp- you know, screw up and you don't like like it, it was more of again that kind of with an air of anxiety thinking, "Oh, if I don't maintain this follower, if I don't maintain this fan, there's a Million other artists out there that they're gonna, um, you know, that are that are just as good as me. That are gonna that are gonna kind of take those eyeballs away from my stuff. So it became not a not an appreciative gratitude relationship between me and fans, but more of a um, oh, let me reach out, let me say thank you real quick in a heart and in a you know star emoji, so you can stay my fan. <laughs> like it was, it felt like a scarce right, right. commodity kind of thing. And I think with that too, like we don't really talk about, you know, you have all these fans that are reaching out to you and saying they love you and all this stuff, but artistry can be really, really lonely at times. Um, It's not like your work, you know, it depends, it depends your, your route. Maybe if you're in a bigger label, you have more of a team, but so many people are independent artists these days. And that's amazing that we've been given the tools to be able to, just pave our own ways, but you know when you have a successful song, when you have something that happens that's positive in the industry, a lot of times you're kind of it's very insular like you're you're kind of um celebrating alone <laughs> like you know i if I had a good if I had a good a song do well, like I would take myself somewhere I would do something fun for myself it's but it's not this collaborative thing and and it becomes this very um I guess it's self-absorbed in its nature, but it can be even with all the fans that are reach out, reaching out to you. The actual act of artistry um, can be can just feel very singular sometimes, and I think that's why we are so quick to latch on to the likes and the followers and the subscribers and the listeners because that is a physical marker of like, oh. I have a community I have a fan base I have people that love me I must be doing great. Um, but again that that's the importance of and I didn't do this I didn't do this in my time in the industry um like really taking a step back and asking myself like how my you know are my in-person relationships flourishing <laughs> or are they not because I'm treating other people as as numbers as I've treat myself am I treating my co-writers just, As people that I can get on my Instagram stories, so people can see that I'm working with this person who has this many followers, and that's really what it became. And um, I think it kind of stemmed from that feeling of oh, I really, really need a community in this. Um, So it's totally understandable that that people would reach for that. And I think it's not even artistry; like that's just a normal. If you have a hundred. People saying they love you. I mean, that is, that seems like it would be a really <laughs> great experience and that would kind of quell your, some of your anxieties. But in my experience, it didn't. It kind of just um, strengthened that, that loop of like, oh, they like me. I have to maintain them. I have to do this and that. And um, that became, again, just kind of an unsustainable thing for me.
0: Right. I think a lot of people, find themselves in that similar pattern. I would love to talk about your new initiative, Tech Nutrition. What is it about and how can our listeners really learn more about this new initiative that you've started?
1: Yeah, so I basically took all of my uh, like <laughs> emotional and creative and attentional energy that was that was in songwriting and I poured it into this Creative writing project that turned into Tech Nutrition, which is basically a site with articles that detail um, the psychology behind why we get really hooked on these things, why it's so hard for us to take ourselves out of it. Um, You know, there's DIY tips to help people in the moment uh, help, you know, help them kind of manage their usage. Um, But it really was it was a creative writing project for me that was sort of sort of a liberation project for me cuz for the past 4 years i had spent every waking moment like putting out things and then waiting for the reaction of fans and of spotify and of the music industry and that's you know what everyone does so it's it's understandable but this was me kind of saying okay i'm going to do this creative project and put it out and just not worry about it and not like, you know, I think I put it on Instagram and stuff, but I used it primarily as a kind of therapeutic practice for myself to, to put out my creativity in a way that wasn't attached to um, the work that I had done before, just so I could know that I could do something else other than what I had been doing in music. Um, And then the, like I said, the meat of the site is a, it just you know it details all of the pros and cons of social media and how people can help themselves out of some of the patterns they've been in and it has resources for people that are also wanting to learn more about it. Um, and I don't know or more about why they're they're feeling maybe down when they're on social media. Um, and then I I don't think I told you about this, but I've created a supplement to that which is called Techniques, which is a Guide that is oriented particularly towards musicians. So I'm creating a, you know, a, a tech wellness guide for the music industry specifically. So that's my project that I'm. Uh, doing. I love that. <laughs> and it's, I'll, you know, I kind of preface it this way: I, it's not a, read this and all of your issues with tech and artistry will go away. I mean, I'm still figuring out, obviously, how to strike that balance and kind of repair that relationship, but. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to help people just at least question their usage in creative settings because that was a huge, a huge aspect for me was not realizing how much tech distraction can subtly but incrementally change in-person creative relationships, and that's not really being talked about. So um, the guide, you know, it has, it has a tips and and here here and there and pitfalls and what you can do to help yourself um, manage tech in an artist space but it's more just to get people to just question it I mean I kind of bring it back to what I was talking about at the beginning of our chat today like just making people feel like they have the agency to to take back that that part of their lives because I've talked to so many artists and the conversation always goes, You know, this is really tough. We don't know what to do, but it's the only thing that is an option. And I think it starts with knowing that the option is—you know—you have the agency to to take that space from it and and decide what your relationship is. Because I'm not—I'm not here to tell you what you're supposed to do with social media. I can tell you what my experience was with it, but I'm wanting to use techniques just to to give people that um, that agency to initiate. That conversation. So I'm really, really excited about that, and that is, um, I think, by the time this will be out, it will be out. So I would, if anyone uh, needs it,
0: very exciting. Go
1: to my website.
0: <laughs> awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, I, I love that, and I think it is an incredible idea that I think a lot of people will benefit from. So much of this work, I feel like, is just a matter of growing aware of these issues growing aware of the fact that okay yeah maybe i spend a little too much time on my screen on social media and thanks to people like you who are really getting this message out in in creative ways too and really addressing it in specific industries like the music industry I think that it's it's just so important for people to be aware of these things. And so I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. And I also really appreciate the work that you're doing, both with techniques and with tech nutrition. And then also just the care that you have taken as a musician, as a singer-songwriter, to really think about the relationships that we cultivate, not only in person, but then also on online platforms as well, and how we interact with one another. So thank you so much.
1: Yeah. And thank you. I mean, getting to know you and and it has really been amazing because I haven't, I have not yet met someone before you that is in art and is also questioning these things. And that has been like, I feel like just a fire under me. <laughs> so you've been really inspiring to me and and thank you for just, just talking about it. I think that's half, that's half of it, just kind of getting the ideas out. So I really appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Where can our listeners find out more about you and your work? I know you have your various websites, where can they access those at?
1: Yeah. So you can find my, my umbrella website, tech, uh, tech slash uh, nutrition.com, www.techslashnutrition.com. Um, and then you can find techniques, which is the artist centered guide for tech use and artistry, um, in that website. So that will be on the top as techniques and then for musicians. And yeah, I would say, I would say, you know, I would used to say I'm on Instagram. I have an Instagram, but, um, still figuring out where my place is in in that world. So I'm, I'm probably won't be on there for a bit, (laughs) but I'll be posting updates uh, um, there as well. So if you want to find me there, it's Emma Samoth, but mostly it would be um, my, my website, Tech Nutrition. And yeah. And then if you're a musician, I'm on Spotify as Emma Samoth. If there are any musicians out there that like music
0: (laughs) great sounds good well i'll make sure to include the links to those in the show notes so all you listeners who are tuning into this episode scroll down in the show notes and those links will be provided there so emma i have one last question for you before we head out how can we as a society better relate to one another
1: oh that's a good question um I mean, I think it comes back to the original remedy that helped me, I think, is taking taking space for yourself first and kind of being in touch with your intrinsic reasons for why you, you know, why you want to do the things that you do. And I think that that will spill over if, if you're... I'd hope and I think if you are clear about that with yourself um, and really honest, then that will spill over into relationships. And I'd hope that there'd be kind of more of a more of a trusting aspect in that. So I'd say just just take space and time for yourself because we're so inundated with data and information all the time. I know it's really hard, to, but um, I think it's really important. So, yeah, I'd say take take some space.
0: Great. I couldn't agree more with that. So. Emma, thank you so much again.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Relate. You can let me know your thoughts on this episode by going to Apple Podcasts and leaving me a review. Or if you have the Anchor app, feel free to call in and leave a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. You can support this podcast by clicking the link in the show notes. Thank you so much again for tuning in, and I'll catch you all in the next episode.